turn your Bibles or your Bible app to 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be reading from verses 3 to 11. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 11. It's not going to be on the screen. What will be on the screen is for you to turn to it. <laughs> this is my little way of encouraging you to bring your Bible. And at least once in a while, at least once a week, you're able to turn those leaves and be familiarized with the Bible. I'm going to begin reading. His divine power has given us everything we need for our godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if, you, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the word of God. Please join me in another word of prayer. Father, how encouraging and refreshing it is to know that you are there for us, that you are constant, that you are consistent, that you are powerful, that you are almighty, that you are all-knowing, that you love us no matter what, that you are patient with us. Thank you for all of, of who you are and what you are about. Thank you for everything that you do for us. Tonight, as we learn more about you, about your ways, about your will for us, we ask that you guide us, teach us, and speak to us through your word and by your Holy Spirit. Be with us, and again, Father, please teach us. Give all of us the wisdom that we need. Give us the clarity of your message for each and every one of your people here tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you guide me, anoint me, use my lips, Father, but be the one to speak through me, your unworthy servant, Father. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Let nothing about today or about us, Lord God, hinder us from hearing your word. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I entitled our message tonight, Not So Original. <laughs> the year is 2020, so Mikey suggested to John John. John John suggested it to me. So let's make sure that Mikey gets the credit for this, okay? <laughs> that he suggested... The, the new series title should be 2020 Vision, right? Since it's the year 2020. You know, but 
before I get to the reason why we're doing the 2020 vision, I'm pretty sure that most people in the world, their New Year's resolution kind of sums up to these three things here. They want to have better health, which means they want to exercise. The, the membership for the gyms has increased, right? Uh, a lot of people are doing keto diets or whatever is the new craze there because they want to be healthy. They want to be wealthy, which means they want more money, right? They're probably quitting their old job and getting a new job or, or going back to school because they want more money. And some people, or most people, are probably removing themselves from negative people or, or trying to tell themselves, I'm going to stop thinking negatively. I'm going to surround my people with positive mindset. You know, I, that, that's basically, it's really not groundbreaking, isn't it? This has been everybody's New Year's resolution for many years. And unfortunately, if this is still your New Year's resolution too, let me just break it to you. You're probably going to fail. <laughs> Sorry. It's not a very encouraging news. It's, you're probably going to fail. Because if, if it's not the New Year itself, it's you. If your thinking doesn't change, the same person is involved here. It's just the calendar. You're just flipping the calendar. You're still you. If you don't change the way you think, your attitude, even if you surround your people with positive thinking, and you're Mr. Negative or Miss Negative, they're not going <laughs> to... Is that my Siri? <laughs> Quiet Siri. <laughs> But I'm saying this, <laughs> we, we make mention of this list because as Christians, as Christians, we are to not make New Year's resolutions because this really is a wish list. Pastor Charles kind of tapped into it earlier. All this is just wishful thinking. It's all wishful thinking. What Christians should have is a prayer list. What you should have is a prayer list. Amen? Amen. Thanks, Pastor Charles. I'm glad you're back. <laughs> but I'm going to try to do some recap because I'm, I'm looking around the room. We still have a lot of missing chairs. I mean, empty chairs and missing people. And people are in and out through, during the holidays. And, and, I, and we're picking up from, from last week's message, from last the Christmas series that we did. And these are the results of it. We, if, if, if Christmas is true, which it, it is, if Jesus was born, if God became a man, became a baby, to die on the cross for us, for our, to be sacrificed on the cross, for our sins, so that we can have a relationship with Him, if all of that is true, these three things should be the result of it. Transformation, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Surrendering. And delight. So I know I'm probably not going to be telling you anything new. Okay? This is probably going to be redundant for you. But the, the, the key for good learning is redundancy. Repetition. The things that you think you already know are the hardest lessons to learn because you think you already know it. But as we repeat and repeat the truth about our Christian life and what God expects from us or what we should be doing for God, those are the things that we need to be doing. So, 
guess what? It is the new year, it is the new decade, but I'm not going to be telling you anything different. I'm going to be telling you what you already know. And I'm going to be telling you in the hopes that you will finally, finally be responsive to it. So last series, we emphasized and repeatedly, we repeated time and time again the true meaning of the Christmas season. The doctrine of incarnation. God becoming a baby. To be sacrificed on the cross for our sins against Him. And we talked about the people or the kind of thinking that missed that message. The innkeeper, he was too occupied with his business that he missed Jesus. Herod, he was obsessed with power. He didn't want to give it up. It's the same thing with people that don't want to give up to the lordship of Jesus. You miss Christmas. You miss Christ. You miss, Christ, you miss Christianity. The people that are, are more focused on religion and their rituals. Those are the people that believe that they have everything lined up and they're doing everything that God wants them to do, that they could care less if even if Simeon said, hey, the baby's here, the Messiah is here. They didn't care and they missed it. The overfamiliarity of the people in Nazareth because they knew who Jesus was. They saw him running in the streets even if they, he was already preaching with power, healing people with power, they could care less because they're just way too familiar with him. So this 2020, can we easily still miss what Christ wants from us? Yes, the answer is yes. Because guess what? You're probably thinking about your paycheck this coming Thursday because you have a mortgage to pay, right? Because we get too very occupied with our lives. Lives happen. Issues with our spouse, with our children, at work, our health. Then we miss completely on what we should be doing for God. Our lives become what the world tells us. So we can easily miss it again. But there should be transformation. With the truth that we know of God and about Jesus... That we constantly enjoy during Christmas time. That's why I don't want to waste it. Right? Let's not waste what we've learned about what Christmas truly is. As we come in here and we're all, oh yeah, it's January. 320 days before Christmas. Right? We have to focus on the truth and, and, and grab hold of it. So if, if all of that is true, there should be transformation in the believer. So that's what we're going to be doing. Number First point will be to, to know Christ, the thinking of a believer. Your mindset. Your mindset should include your goals in life. The things that are important to you or shouldn't be important to you anymore. Because we can easily be trapped into what the world tells us to accomplish as well. Because all those wish lists, the, the general things, health, wealth, Right and positive or being, it's all about them thinking that they those things, if they accomplish that, they're going to be happy. Once they have that, they're going to be happy. Oh, if I meet the love of my life, I'm going to be happy. If I have a child this year, I'm going to be really happy. Right? They're thinking all of those things because they think those are the things that's going to make them happy and fulfilled. But we all know it's not true. But somehow, even us Christians, we fall into that trap. Now, here's the new year, and we're still focused on the same junk. Correct? 
if we eat junk, if we all eat junk food, we're going to be unhealthy. Pimples will be popping up, right? That's why I have my blemishes again. I was eating very unhealthy during the holidays. Chocolate here and chocolate there. What we eat is what, we, what, what happens to our body, right? We become overweight. Things hurt. You're washing dishes, not plates, and you're, you injure yourself. But now, we're, if on this part of Second Peter, we read it earlier, but I want us to focus on this now. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. God, through Peter, clearly puts it for us that our knowledge of Christ will be the one to help us grow in our faith. Now, knowledge of Christ compels us to grow and do something about it. Can somebody say amen to that? I hope that you are just not sitting there every Sunday or reading your Bible, not expecting anything will change in your life. Because we are all believing in the God of miracles. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Oh my goodness. If you are old enough, you know how impossible that is. Right? Jesus Christ was resurrected, resurrected from the dead. He turned water into wine. That is our God. So why do you believe in the God all of a sudden and expect nothing will change in your life? Well, I know God can save me to go to heaven, but I don't think He can change my ways. I don't think He can change me. You know what you're saying? You really don't want to change. Because if you give it up to God, because the knowledge of Him tells us that, that if we surrender everything up to Him, He will give us the power. He has given us the Holy Spirit. The difference between David and us is the Holy Spirit back in the Old Testament was temporary. The Holy Spirit can leave a person. But during when Jesus resurrected, it was permanent. If you have surrendered your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Godhead, indwells in you. So you mean to tell me that you believe in that God, but you also believe that your life can't change. That you can't live your life glorifying Him. I'm, it's 2020. It's January 5, 2020. Our visions need to be clear. Imagine, imagine going on a drive, taking a bus, going to Vegas. That's an eight-hour drive on a two-way traffic highway, right? The scariest highway in the world for me. <laughs> Maybe not, but it is for me. I hate it. And you find out that your driver does not have 20-20 vision. He's wearing this thick glasses, eyeglass, this thick. Are you still going to take that bus? Probably not, right? But if you're desperate enough to go to Vegas and watch the Raiders, maybe, you're probably going to take it. 
But for you, who has the 2020 vision, you're pretty confident on your journeys, right? To drive. And then much more for me now when I take when I travel, even though I know where I'm going, I put on my GPS. And my favorite app is the is Waze. Because Waze tells me it's a user app. It's a user-friendly app. So each user gets to tell the next user if there's a cop waiting. That's why I love it. Police spotted ahead. That's what it's oh, downshift, break. Right? It tells me where there's a cop coming. If there's objects in the road, if there's traffic coming, I have 20-20 vision. And I have a GPS. I know where I'm going, but I use my GPS because it tells me what to expect ahead of me. It's the same thing with our faith. God has told us everything we need to know about how to live our life for Him in this world and with other people, how to glorify Him, and how to be a productive person in the world through the Bible, through your Word, through the Word, the one that's collecting dust at your house, that one that you're leaving in your, in your bookshelf thinking that, oh, if I leave this open to Psalm 91, it will bless my house. <laughs> no, that's superstition. Enough of that. You need to be reading that word. You need to be studying that word. You need to learn more about God. And learning more about Him will help you change the way you think. Right? Matthew 6.33. If you are that person that's thinking, okay, this year is going to be great for me. Money is going to be great. Money is going to be my driving force this year. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That verse comes before when Jesus said, Don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. The pagans go after that. You seek me first. Church, I hope that this year, that would be your focus. Is that you're seeking Jesus. You're seeking God, His kingdom and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Because He provides. Amen? He has provided all things. Do we get greedy? Yes. Unfortunately, we get too greedy. My daughter was asking me, she goes, Dad, I don't get it. Why do people, because we were talking about uh, cheating boyfriends <laughs> on, their, on their girlfriends, because I'm trying to really scare her. Is she here? <laughs> I go, yes, sweetheart. There are, unfortunately, there are boys that cheat on their girlfriends. And then she goes, I don't get that, Dad. Why would they even try to keep dating that same person if they really want someone else? And I said, well, it's just plain greed. They're just too greedy. They want one girl next girl, and the other girl. And she goes, well, that's stupid. I go, that's the right answer. <laughs> Dating is from the devil. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> the knowledge of who God is brings a person who truly recognizes Jesus to a decision. It brings you to a decision. Whether you make the decision or not, as you read the Word, as you find out truth about Him, you are brought to that, to that point in your life to go, should I obey this or not? Do I believe this or not? You know, no matter how humble you think it may sound, and I've done it before, when I say, well, you know, 
God saved them, and, and that's why you know, they're, 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 God made them that way. That's why they're so obedient, but not me. I was really, really raised in a rough family, a rough neighborhood. My background's really, you know, as much as we think it sounds humble, it's really not. It's disbelief. I said it earlier. It's just us saying, God can change them, but not me. God can change, can part the sea, but not change me. Knowing the truth of God change, changes a person. Now, does it, is it forced upon the person? No, it's not. But everything has been revealed. And all those things that have been revealed about him, God also empowers us to obey what he has told us to do and how he wants us to be. He has given that to us. Now, I know I've asked this before, and I'm going to ask it again because it's the right time to ask. Maybe don't show your hands because I don't want to embarrass the ones that didn't. Who of you have finished the Bible from cover to cover? Right? We believe that the Bible is God's word. We believe that everything we need to know is in there. But why do you not read it? For those of you who have finished it multiple times, praise God. Those of you who have beaten Bibles because you dropped it or you dropped the coffee. No, the ones that have been reading it, you're, it's worn out because you're going from one page to another, crossing this out, highlighting this, putting this, making notes there. This is Joe. This is, you know, when you make those things, that's when you're growing. It helps you grow. Let that be your goal this year. No more of God. Let that be your prayer list. Enough of the New Year's resolution. That's dumb. D-U-N-G. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. But still on the same point, to know Christ, knowledge of God. Romans 12, 1 to 2. Same thing. We've been reading this over and over again. Some of you have memorized it. I know Dustin made it into his plate number. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It starts in the mind. It starts in the mind. And this, since this is the year 2020, having a clear vision shows or reveals what is ahead of us. Amen? That's what a clear vision is. A clear vision is, is you can see from 20 feet what, to, you know, it's like a perfect vision, but not really. They said there's peripheral vision and there's color vision, which I don't have. You know, it's, but it's, you can see from a distance if there's any obstruction, especially when you're driving. You'd love to have a clear vision, a clear path. And if, and so if there's anything on the way, you'll be able to maneuver away from it. In our Christian lives, Jesus already told us in John 16, that in this life we will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome, I have overcome the world. So are you going through troubles? And unfortunately, some of us, most of us are. 
It could be a health issue. It could be a marital issue. It could be financial issue. But Jesus already told us that that's going to happen. You know, trees, the trees, they still grow during winter. They, not, but they might not be as pretty during when they were in spring, you know, with the fruits and their colors, but they're still growing. Make no mistake about it. Their, their roots are searching down. It's reaching down, trying to get water. But their roots going down there is their growth. It's their maturity. It's the same thing with us. When troubles come our way, when troubles come our way, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God, the doctrines of God that we know, that we read and we studied, those are the things that can, that is, that's your root. That's when you can dig down and say, you know, Jesus said this will happen. This is difficult for me, but God said this is going to happen. That's a mature believer. Now, I realize that in growth of, of Christianity, there, there's, there's levels, right? The baby Christian, the teenager Christian, and then the mature Christian. The, the, the Christian that's maturing doesn't even know he's mature. Because once he thinks he's mature, he, he just showed that he's not. But the baby Christians, the baby Christians are, you're spoiled as a baby Christian. Because all your prayers will be answered right away. Because you know, it's just like a baby, right? Emma, when Emma's crying, she just needs to cry, and then boom, there's, what do you want? Is it milk? Here's milk. Oh, no, you're wet. Change you. All she needs to do is cry, and the parents are quick to give her what she needs, right? But then, if they're at the age of Alonzo, Alonzo starts crying, my, I'll say, shut up. Why are you crying? <laughs> Be quiet. Go to your room. <laughs> Right? As children grow, as, and the parents know this, when they're little, we give them everything. We try to give them everything. And as they get older, we're like, stop. We're being spoiled. You know, we're, it's the same thing with our faith. As a, Christ, as a baby Christian, God's quick to answer to your prayers. Because He wants you, he wants you to, to be prayerful at that time. But then, as, as you're growing, He wants you to realize that, okay, not all your prayers will be answered. Do you still love me? Are you still going to follow me despite that? Troubles are coming. And then you're saying, where is God? Because sometimes God intentionally pulls back to make you feel that he's not there. Because sometimes maybe you're holding on too much on your emotions and your experiences rather than really believing in God. So what, what do you, where do you go from there? Your, the transformation of your mind, the knowledge of God, that's what holds you down. The truth about Him. So this new year, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that you will take it seriously and to know more about Him. That you will sit down on more Bible studies, you will read your Bible, you will be prayerful, and you will be at church. Like my GPS ways, it's not 100%. Sometimes it tells me that there's a cop, so I'm slowing down, and then, you know, it's not there. I feel like I wasted three seconds. So it's, <laughs> it's not 100%. You know, like GP, the GPS systems are not 100%, but God is 100% all the time. 
we just don't understand him all the time because our brain is this small compared to his. But we love to argue that truth, don't we? Lord, you know what? I really think you made a mistake in giving me this, this husband. I really think I should have married his brother. And sometimes we, you don't say that, but sometimes that's what your heart is saying. <laughs> you know? We love to argue with God, even though we know that he knows better than us. Okay, try not to hurt each other there. <laughs> And our faith is the same. Having the knowledge of God, of who He is, and what He has become in our lives, is what grounds us. But we can't hold on to experiences alone. It's the knowledge that helps us to make it through. So it's January 5, folks, 2020. There's going to be a lot of trouble, a lot of challenges on the way. I'm praying that God takes me before that. That's my quitting prayer. When I want to quit, it's like Jonah's prayer. Oh, take me now, Lord. Take me now. I'm suicidal. I'm a suicidal Christian in prayer, in prayer. Because I really don't want to see it anymore. Because I know there will be challenges. But God is bigger than any of our challenges. But I know it hurts. I know it hurts. I know it's heartbreaking. I know it's disappointing. But we have to, this is why it says here, but the renewal of your mind. Because our hearts will fail us. When challenges happen, when temptations come by our way, our hearts will fail us. Especially if it's our loved one who's hurting us, our hearts will quickly fail. Now we should be able to quick and say, Lord, help me. Remind me of what you said in your word. Strengthen my faith, Father. Help me see through this. See me through this challenge. The other thing too is, we still are in the battle with the old man. Every Christian Every Christian has that old man in him and in her. The sinful nature. We are still battling that, that person, that stubborn old person. That's why when challenges happen in front of us, we're quick to go to our old man because we're so used to it. But guess what? You are growing if you know, if you are struggling in doing the right thing versus the bad thing. That alone is a victory. So you might end up failing, unfortunately. Sometimes we still do. But just knowing that you're failing is you meaning, it, that means that you are awake to the truth. You, are, you have realized that you are in a battle. Because if you are still sleeping and the enemy comes, you're just dead. You can't even fight. But if you're awake and know that the temptation is right there, the old nature is being touched and being, a, being tempted, your new man should be able to say, this isn't, I'm a new creation. It should be my new man to function or to respond to this. 
Because growth starts from within. Our change, our transformation starts from within. It's an organic change. It's from the inside. We don't become good. We don't become nice people because we want to be saved, right? We become nice people because we're saved. We get transformed. We become a better person in the eyes of God, first and foremost, in the eyes of men, second, because we are saved. We are not to be nice people. We are already nice people <laughs> because we are saved by a good God. So the change happens from within. And we do it because we love God. And again, how do we do that? Because we know God. If you don't know God, then you have an excuse. But if you call yourself a Christian, if you've been clutching that Christian, born-again Christian membership card in your pocket for a long time, but you have not changed, I doubt if you really know Him. Because knowing God compels you. Your heart changes. He changes your heart. You know, I, I find it sad when, somebody, when, when people tell me, I already know what you're going to tell me. When I'm going to confront them about their sin and, and because they know I'm their pastor and they know I'm going to refer to the Bible and they shut me down by saying, I already know what you're about to say. And my response is, good. But it's not about knowing at that time, right? It's about the willingness to obey the, the truth, right? We know what the speed limit is. 70 miles per hour, it's a big sign. Now the question is, do you want to obey it? Some people drive 55 on the fast lane. That's wrong too. It's as wrong as me driving 80, and it's wrong for you to drive 55. <laughs> My bad driving habits are all over this message. Still to know Christ, Romans 6, 6 to 14. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. So I think this is where most of us have not realized and accepted and have done. That our old self was crucified with Christ. So we shouldn't be living like our old selves again. Verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. So how do we live like Christ? We live as an obedient son of God. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life He lives... He lives to God. Now, question to you is, do you live for God? Who's your God? Is it still money? All the New Year's resolution, those are all idols. If it's health, if they're living for their health, their idol is themselves. Their vanity. If it's wealth, their idol is money. Or importance. Significance in the world. For people to tap, pat them on the back and say, I love you. You're so important. 
Those are all idols. So now if God is your God, then your life must be spent for Him. Verse 11, the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Question to you, are you an instrument of righteousness? Are you a slave to God? For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Yes, we are saved by grace, not by works, but we are saved to, by grace to do good works. To do good works. Our second point is to become like Him. 2 Peter 5.9, I know we read it earlier, but this in this part, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. And then he, he goes about the fruits. What very reason? The fact that we know. That's the very reason. The fact that we know God. The fact that we know that in the Bible, the, God's Word told us that we should be slaves to Him. That we should be giving our lives for Him. That we should be good. We should be kind. We should be with self-control. You know, self-control here is, is um, man, I had it earlier. I'll just, the definition of it is the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. Now we know that, right? So we should be acting that way, that we should be pure. We cannot be still sensual like the world. It goes with our sexual orientation. If we are male, right, we have to be that. We are, we are Adam. We are not Steve. <laughs> Adam, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's, that was the joke. I blew it. So, but we need to be with self-control. If we have that temptation... If that is our weakness, we need to be telling ourselves because we know God said, God said that I need to keep myself pure. So the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us. There should be no more porn in your lives. There should be no more porn in your lives. I don't care how good the show is. But if there's those scenes there, that's, that's sin for you. This new year, I hope that you will turn your life around because you know that that's what God wants you to do. You should be slaves to God. Not slaves of porn. Not slaves of, of other lifestyle. Or adultery. If you are committing adultery, I pray that you stop that. You drop it now. Ask for God's forgiveness. Ask for His mercy. Because you're ruining your family. You're ruining yourself. You need to drop it. Let that be your prayer list. You need to be, you need to stop it. We should, there, there should be nothing, if, if, if everything about Christmas is true, 
if everything about God is true, there should be nothing in our lives that we're, we're, we're going to tell God, not this, Lord. I'm keeping this part. I'll do the Sunday with Joe and the church. I'll even do the singing part. You know what? Heck, I'll do Richard's 4 o'clock. You know what? I'll add the Friday, but not the porn, Lord. Not this relationship that I know you're not happy with. Not that, Lord. I'll do all of this. But not, no, there should be not that part. It should be 100%. No, no, I know you know it. I know you know it. But why don't you do it? Because, frankly, your love for yourself is higher than your love for God. Now, there's this illustration that I have here. And what if you have a friend who's dying of some, a disease that's really serious? Let's say it's cancer, right? Your friend's dying of cancer. And the doctor tells you, listen, um, I have a remedy for you. But if I give you this remedy for you to survive from this disease, you can no longer have chocolate. And you're hearing this, and you're like, you look to your, and you're like, this is great. You look to your friend, you go, this is awesome. And, and then your friend goes, no chocolate? What? What kind of life is that? And you're like, you're like waiting to like strike him, right? What the heck are you thinking? Chocolate for your life. Chocolate for your life. Folks, most of us, it's money for God. It's a relationship for God. It's a lifestyle for God. It's our children over God. It's her husband over God. It's something over God all the time. We know the absolute truth about God. We know the God, the supreme God, but we still trade Him for something. We still trade Him for something. That's why we don't become like Him. That's why we don't grow. That's why we just hold that card. I'm a born-again Christian. This is good enough. And you're wondering, why am I not growing? Well, because you love chocolate more. <laughs> How about the, the people with, with the same-sex um, uh, struggle? I know, it's, it's 2020. All the more, they're going to throw it at me. You're old school. It's 2020. <laughs> Your Bible is old. It's no longer relevant. Now I'm, going to, I'm just going to challenge that believer. If you know of God's truth, and you say you believe in God, then it's your responsibility to obey the truth or suffer the consequences. Because there are consequences. How about the people that are doing business deals that they know it's against God's will? They're making money more of a priority than being right with the Lord. Even though nobody's going to catch you, you still know that it's against God's will. You should be able to say, okay, Lord, you can have this. The knowledge of Christ, meaning the full surrender. Because just like during Jesus' time, 
They met Jesus, but not all of them were saved by Jesus. They met him. They heard about him. Some of them were healed by him. Some of them were fed by him. Some of them were in that buffet, that 5,000 fish, and, and you know, they were there, but they weren't saved. Because right, the, right that mo at that moment, when Jesus said, He who does not eat of my body cannot be my disciple. Everybody turned. Most of the people turned around except the disciples. Because it becomes hard. The truth about God becomes hard. Once we get to know God, it's going to be hard because our old man is saying, that's hard, Joe. That's difficult. I can't do that. You can't do that, Joe. Because that's, that's God. God, compared to us in our ways, our ways are so small and so stupid. His is, is holy. Our God is a holy God. That's why if you know of God, transformation and change is for you to make. Okay? It's your decision. Yes, that's the sad thing. I kept saying that. Because if, for me, since God knows what's good for me, my prayer is, Lord, just do it for me. Don't even make me choose. Because if I'll choose, I'll probably make the wrong choice. But you know what? We're given that free will. So if everything about God is true, if everything about God is true, if you believe in God and you know of it, you are compelled to obey Him. You are put on that. The responsibility is yours. The Bible is yours. We live in a country that's it's, it's okay. And we're not going to be killed by believing in Jesus, by having Bible studies. By coming to church. Some people, they struggle. They have to do it in caves and in some countries, right? But we take it for granted because it's too easy. So I'm waiting for Christianity to be illegal in America. That's, the, that's when our membership will go up, I'm thinking. Because our blessings are the ones that's stopping us from coming to God. Our blessings are the ones that's stopping us from God. The, the time that you have money, you're going on vacation. You're not going to church. Even when you're on vacation, you're probably not going to church because you're thinking, I only got two weeks, man. I'm not going to waste Sunday. <laughs> Especially if you're in the Philippines, it's a three-hour drive and it's like five miles, right? You're thinking, I don't want to waste my time. Our blessings are the one that's stopping us from seeing God, from being with God, from obeying God. Because we have cars that will take us anywhere. We have money for gas that could take us to California and not come to church. It's our blessings that stop us from coming to God. But when we had challenges, when, when we had trouble, when we have trouble, we're there. We're down on our knees. We're praying to God. We're reading the Bible. We're at church. We're at prayer meeting. We're there. Every Bible study because we're searching God. We're looking for God. We're asking for His help. But then we blessed us. And then we're like, okay, I'm done. It's for the next guy now. It's our last verse. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Make every effort. You have the responsibility. God will not magically make you obey. There's no Bible verse that will make you obedient. The Bible verses there are truth about God. It can encourage you. It can, it can inspire you. But it cannot make you obey God. Even if you hit your children with that thick Bible of yours, it will not work. Trust me. No, I didn't, I didn't try. <laughs> you know, in weightlifting, right? Weightlifting. The heavier the weight or the stronger the resistance that the person is doing, the better for him or her. But as they do it, as we do it, we get tired, right? So if you're not getting tired, it means it's too light. It's too easy. So in your Christian life, are you getting tired of the struggles? Are you getting tired of the trials? Are you getting tired of the challenges? You know, the thing is, it's good. That's good. That means your spiritual muscles are being worked out. It's being worked out for you. That's why trials are there for us. James said that. Consider it a blessing that we are going through fiery trials. Because it's good for us. So I know, but we still, we still pray for, for, for safety. I still pray for safety. I pray for comfort. I pray for blessings. But I also know that challenges could come. Because see, the no, I don't want it. My heart says, no, I don't want it. Well, my thinking is like, it could, it will, it may. Challenges from the world are the things that awaken, awakens us. And it awakens the old man as much as it awakens the new man in us. I pray that we have enough knowledge of God, the truth about God, that we can say, God said this is going to happen, but God said that He will strengthen me during this time. And I can depend on Him that He can see me through this. Right? Because it happens. Do you know the first point of the 95 Theses of uh, Martin Luther? You should, right? No? <laughs> no, I know. I just found out. <laughs> first point of the 95 Theses of Martin Luther is this, that the entire life of a believer is to be of repentance. The entire life of a believer is of repentance. Why? Because we're going to fail. We're going to fail even if we, like January 5, 2020, 2020, right, we're, we're saying, Lord, I'm going to be all for you. I'm going to be 100% with you. But guess what? Maybe January 5, 1130, you're failing. Well, you should be repenting. Don't let that failure keep you down there. That's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to discourage you. See, you're a hypocrite. You went to church earlier, but look at you. You're arguing with your wife right now. You have not changed. You're still the old grumpy dude that you are. But we are to, re <laughs> but we are to repent. We are to repent. Every time we fail, we are to repent. We should heed to Jesus' words to repent. That's in Matthew 4.17. And also heed to the first Protestant. 
Martin Luther, I think he knows better. He's the first guy. By recognizing that our entire life as Christians will be of repentance. Now I realize that's another lesson in itself, okay? But there's a huge difference between, I'm about to say this, another, another lesson, but I'm already over my time. There is a true repentance and there is a self-pity confession. Quickly, self-pity is legalistic. Self-pity is because you got caught, right? You got caught, you got busted by your wife, you got found out by the church, and you're hating yourself because you got, you got found out, and you know God's going to punish you. So your self-pity repentance is this, poor me, I'm going to suffer. That's, self that's a legalistic way of repentance. But true repentance is this, True repentance is this. You failed and your heart is broken because you know that you broke God's heart. And breaking God's heart breaks yours because your love for Him, your love for Him is above everyone else's love for you. That's true repentance. Now, in conclusion, I'm going to skip the two slides. Us knowing and professing that Jesus is our Lord positionally saves us. Positionally, we are good. But doing that, we give Him authority of our lives. He is our supreme. He has supremacy of our lives, our entire lives. There should be nothing in our lives that we don't give to Him. We have to live our lives according to His truth. That's everything in the Word. No compromises. Knowing about Him transforms us and changes us if we choose to. We can still stay in the same old man, unfortunately. But we can choose to be the new creation that we got, God has designed us to be. It is a moment-by-moment moment change. Christian, is there a difference between a caterpillar and a butterfly? The answer is yes, right? Those are two different insects. But where does the butterfly come from? The caterpillar. The caterpillar. So the old man, the old sinful nature is the caterpillar. But the beautiful new man that God has created is the new creation, the new man. Be the butterfly. Don't be the caterpillar. You'll get stepped on. There's no museums for caterpillars. <laughs> There's museums for butterflies. That's our message tonight. Please do not satisfy the old man, but be a slave for Christ, like Paul be able to profess and live, just like Paul said, for me to live is Christ. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you once again for your truth. We thank you for this new year that you've given us, an imaginary turning of the page. We know that it is not a reset button at any way, in any way. But even then, Lord, we are grateful. I pray, Father God, that the truth about you will speak notoriously and repeatedly in our hearts and our minds, that we will live for you. 
that we will be the new creation that you want us to be, that we will glorify you. I pray for blessings for your people here this evening, Lord God. I pray that that truth, everything that they heard tonight, everything that you want them to learn, everything that you want them to do, Lord, I pray that it will resonate in their hearts and in their minds, and they will be pleasing to you. We ask this in your mighty name, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So rise for the